if it's possible to get deep. And I, I could take this message a million and one different directions. Trust me, I, I've done that um, a number of times today. And I don't know about you, have anybody ever preached a message before and you have a set of notes and then you redo your notes and you bring the wrong set of notes? Not a good way to start the day, Doc. So we're going to trust God in the process, if you guys are right with that. But I want to, I want to ask just a, simple, a few simple questions because for a lot of people, I, I had a conversation with Jason on the way to church this morning because I turned my regular phone back on yesterday and he told me the sheriff came and delivered divorce papers and I told him I had to do it. My wife was getting jealous and it wasn't worth the alimony. Just kidding. But um, we were texting this morning, and he goes, man, this is my favorite holiday. I'm like, liar. <laughs> he goes, no, really, man, like, happy New Year. I'm excited. And I'm like, dude, what can you be excited about for New Year's? He goes, last year's past. And all the things I didn't get accomplished, all the things I didn't want to get done, I'm not going to worry about it because starting tomorrow, I'll get a new start. And that's, that's his mindset that, you know, tomorrow I'll get a new start. I'll, I'll go forward. And I think the conversation we had earlier today would kind of also lead to that. How many guys are just ready 23, 2023 to be over and not really worried about 24, 24 start, 2024 starting. But, yeah, man, let's just get last year behind us and have a new start. And a lot of people do that in a lot of different ways. And how many of you guys make New Year's resolutions? Anybody in this room make a New Year's resolution? Nobody, not one person. Used to. You make goals. Did you obtain them? Yeah. I feel like that's awesome. Because I know what happens is somebody, what are you laughing at over there? What are you talking about? Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, so one second. If you just all do me a favor, I, I, I love my family. Uh, 2024 is going to be a big year of change for us. Um, Alec and his wife are having a baby on January 10th. Uh, so Cindy and I are going to fly down on the 8th and fly back on the 11th, something like that. The 9th to the 11th, I don't know, some, ask her. Um, we're flying out on Monday and flying back on Thursday, so I'll be out for a few days. Uh, Lydia is, uh, gets nervous and, and upset, so if you ever say, hey, what I pray about, uh, college is a big transition for her, and, and we'll just leave it at that. Um, so I wish she would, like, 23, 23, you can stay because you don't really want to go on to the next 2024? Okay. That, that's a good perspective to have. I mean, you know, because sometimes change is hard, and, 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 but I thank God you changed your clothes because you smelled bad yesterday after hunting. But so changes actually can be a good thing, just trying to encourage you along the way. But what I'm trying to say is, is that so many times we make New Year's resolutions, and I was watching TV this morning, and I think like 90-some-odd percent of the people who make New Year's resolutions never carry them out. Oh. Awesome. Absolutely. And so, so go ahead. You, you started to say something a second ago, man. I cut you off. I, th I think better goals is a good place. I think better goals uh, is, is something we need to, to uh, try to obtain. And I think the goals need to be based in what God wants and God's plan and God's purpose and what he's asked us to do. 
And so what I'm getting at is there's a lot of traditions that take place at this time of the year. Um, out in the Christian world, there's a thing called one word. And, and so uh, Jimmy Page and some other guys got together, and you know, what they do is they fast at the beginning of the year, and they, they pray for one word. God, give me one word for the year. It may be courage. It may be um, edification. It may be uh, discipline. It may, whatever it is. And so what they did, they really focused their whole year on one word as they, as they fast and pray. And say, okay, God, give, what, what is my word for this year? I've done that a couple times. And um, by April, I'm so, uh, like I left the one word and God knows where I'm at. Um, don't laugh, it's not funny. The older I get, the worse it gets. And, and so we, we look at different things. And, and I'll be honest with you, the, the one thing that came to my mind uh, the, this morning, and I'm not sure that Goldie and, and Joanne will make it today for one reason. In the black community, they have a thing called watch night. Anybody know what watch night is? Anybody have an understanding of what watch, what watch, excuse me, what watch night is? Neighborhood watch? Well, not kind of, but not exactly. So watch night um, started in September, September of 1862, Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation, which gave the blacks freedom from slavery. The issue was that it did not come into effect until when? January 1st, 1863. So in the black community, it was really big on New Year's Eve that particular year and years after that is that there was this anticipation and celebration of the coming freedom. And, and so in the black community, still Uncle Keith, Keith Cornish is doing a big watch night service. It usually starts at 7 o'clock at night and goes to 12.01. And it's just a time of worship and prayer and celebration. And I thought, man, how awesome would that be if, if we as a body of Christ could, because, hey, man, what we're going to do is we're really going to celebrate what God has last year, but really be excited about what he's going to do this year. What kind of new freedoms are we going to have? What kind of new opportunities are we going to have? What kind of, what kind of anticipation and excitement and celebration do we have? Because I think that the church, I'm, I'm not, this isn't my message, but it very well could be. I think the church has lost its excitement and its anticipation of the good that God has done. And we focus on the things we, we feel like God didn't do. Everybody been to a black church? Then people hoop it. They celebrate. I don't care how bad their week's been. When they come to church on Sunday morning, people say, what's emotionalism? Call it what you want. They celebrate when they're in church. They celebrate when they're in the presence of God. And I think that for me, as I was preparing and trying to, to get ready for today's message and, and where I felt like God asked us to go, and um, there's a part of me as I studied Watch night, I'm like, man, I wish I had that same type of anticipation. I wish I had that same type of excitement. I wish I could just celebrate that fact that, man, I was bound, but I know that God's called me to be freer in 2024 than he was did in 2023. That God's going to do something in me that's going to be so radically different that the things that hold, held me back last year or the years before will now be broken. And I'll be able to walk into where God wants me to be, whatever that looks like. Wherever that is. And I want to encourage you that no matter where you are, God is not done. God is not finished. 
that, that yes, man, there's some trying times and there's some people, man, you're going through hell on earth. Listen to me. I understand that. I'm in it with you the best I can. But, but my, my heart for you and, is that, that somehow, man, that in 2024, man, God just springs forth this, this understanding of his goodness and his grace and his mercy and his love and his kindness that, that we can just step into a, a new place of freedom. I don't know how you feel about that. But that really is my mindset going in. I can always look at the negative more than I can the positive. Am I the only one here? Come on. And so, so my, 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 my heart for us, my heart for you, my heart for your family, my heart for your friends, is that somehow we could model what it means to walk in freedom that we can walk in the freedom in Christ, that we can walk in the freedom of the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. <laughs> mm, I'm going to be good. You can't tell me you're free if you're not walking in the freedom of the Holy Spirit. You can't tell me you're free if you're not walking in the presence of God. You're not free. You may be religious, but you're not free. When God gives you that inspiration, that one word, that, hey, go pray for this person, or hey, go do this, or hey, go do that, you're excited because God is still speaking and you're still listening. And the more we become obedient, the more God's going to do in us and through us. And the more the people around us will be transformed. Does that make sense? Is that too much information? All right, someone pray and we're going to go home. Y'all don't believe that, do you? So there's some of the thoughts I had going into to this year. And, and, and really, um, I want to I be more diligent. And one of the big things, the big traditions that started in the church a number of years ago, is that at the beginning of the, at the, beginning of the year, there's a lot of churches all Amer around America that do what? Started, one of the big movements started in Jensen Franklin's church. They do a 21-day Daniel fast. Uh, I know Chuck and I have done it a number of times. I don't know if you still do it or not, Chuck. Um, but, but fasting is one of those things, and I, I think, listen to me, fasting is a principle, it's not a promise, it's a principle that we should live uh, and, and discipline that we should live out in our lives from time to time. And we can go in the Bible and we can look at a, a bunch of different fasts, and um, there's actually 10 different fasts I found listed in the Bible, um, anywhere from a one-day fast to a 40-day fast to uh, a, a modified food fast to a 100% fast to except for water. I mean, there's just a lot of different reasons, uh, a lot of different things. But uh, my wife and I have done this a number of times in the past, and I can't tell you um, the spiritual connection with God in a time of fasting. Now, I know some people say, I can't do it. I physically can't do it. You don't have to fast just food. You can fast anything. Right? What's one thing you can't do without? Nancy, what's one thing you can't do without? You can't fast breathing, pal. Pickleball. Nancy loves to play pickleball. If I said, hey, Nancy, you play pickleball two hours a day every day. If you fast two hours a day from pickleball, but you spend two hours with God, you'd be like, what? Right? How many of you, how many of you guys have social media on your phones? How many of you guys spend a lot of time on social media? You don't even know what social media is, do you? 
I said, it comes with a hearing aid. Um, I said, fasting social media. And, and so I wanted, I'm just kind of laying things out that, that fasting is not just abstaining from food. And, 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 and what happens is we kind of mess things up. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a look at fasting from a, a standpoint of a 21-day Daniel fast. Um, and it is possible to do. It's not impossible. Um, Chuck, have you had any, any significant things happen while you're fasting? Can you share any of them? pretty awesome, isn't it? That, that when we when we really take a, a set aside time to go after God, I, I know for a lot of you may know the story, you may not. Um, I was pastoring a church in Seaford, Delaware with two of my favorite people who are here today. And um, in the midst of a 21-day a fast, um, we started a little later. Uh, and we started sometime in the middle of January and we we're going to into February, um, just because it was hard fasting and New Year's and travel and all those things. And so Cindy and I started to fast later in the year, and um, I didn't tell anybody. And uh, in the midst of the fast, we uh, the church was changing and people were coming, and um, Destiny was a little black, little black baby. What was her Destiny? What was her name? Huh? Celebrity. Celebrity. And uh, the Walters girl, the Walt, uh, Becca's. But anyhow, they're, they're, in this process, the, the church was transforming and, and people started coming and it was a little bit chaotic. And, and, and we had people who were showing up in the parking lot and didn't know how to get in the church. And church folks weren't happy. And, and I'm praying and I'm fasting that, God, you said you were going to do something great. And things are just like up in the air. And instead of getting better, it got worse. And um, we're on a 21-day fast, and um, day 19 or 20, a uh, celebrity and the other little girl came, and they gave her hearts to Jesus Christ. She actually came to the altar on day 20 of the fast. And I remember sitting in the front pew and putting my arm around them and telling them how proud I am and how excited I am for them. And that, I, I mean, it was one of the desires of my heart to see young people come to Christ. And uh, I, I just started to pray for them, and I heard the voice of God say, resign the church. Do what? The church is growing and people are coming. These two young girls that have been coming for a while have come to Christ. Someone we've been waiting for, and the word I got from God was resign the church. Sunday afternoon. I went home and I did what all grown men do. I went in my bedroom and I cried. And said, God, that can't be you. God, that can't be you. You cannot, you cannot tell me to resign the church because things are just starting to get traction. And God, you're, you're asking me to resign the church. And I can't remember if it was that night or the next morning. I, I got the courage to go to my wife. We were, of course, married with three kids and two cars. And God's like, resign your church. My first response was what? God, do you not know that I have a house payment and two car payments? And I have three children 
God, you can't be real. And God spoke again and said, resign your church. Being the godly man I am, I laid out a fleece. I said, God, if that's really your desire, if that's really your will, then God, why don't you make it clear for me? Don't ever challenge God to make something clear. The next morning I got up. And listen to me, I'm, I'll put it out there. I had a very good deal in, in the church in, in Delaware. I mean, they took very good care of me financially. Um, and so I just began to, to pray that night. And the next morning, that, that maybe that night or next morning, I said something to Cindy that God's asked me to resign the church. And she may have said, Joe, do you realize we have two cars and a house and three kids? And my answer is, yeah, God knows that also. And I was upstairs, I was literally just sobbing and bawling. I said, God, I'm, I'll do whatever you want. I'll do whatever you ask. But God, you've got, you've got to make this clear. I left my phone downstairs so I wouldn't be tempted to get on it. And it was sitting on the stove. We have a little countertop there. And I walked down and there's a phone number from Ohio that I did not know. And I picked up the phone and I told my, I told my wife that we were going to resign the church. And, and I picked up the phone and there's this guy on the end. His name's Charlie. He goes, hey, Pastor Joe. Charlie's Korean. Hey, Charlie, how are you? He said, I'm good, Pastor Joe. He said, hey, Pastor Joe, I'll be praying for you. I said, Charlie, thank you, man. I really need it. And I'm in the middle of a fast. He said, hey, Pastor Joe, I prayed for you this morning. And the guy told me to give you $30,000. Is that okay with you? True story. I said, Charlie, <laughs> Charlie, God said, what? He said, I pray for you. And God told me to give you $30,000. I said, Charlie, that's awesome, but what am I supposed to do with the $30,000? He goes, Pastor Joe, I pray. God tell me to give it. You pray. You ask God what to do with it. I'm telling you before God. Before God. I'm now on day 20 of a 21-day fast. My very last day. God says, hey. Um, I said, Pastor Joe, hey, Pastor Joe, I'll give you my secretary. You tell, her, you tell her where to send the money. And I talked to Charlie twice at that point. One time for about 15 minutes and one time for about 45 minutes. And that was it. And he called me on day 20 or 21 of a 21-day fast. And at that moment, I knew that God said, you need to do this. And I was still more than double, not quite double that of where I was financially. But I knew that God had spoken in the midst of the fast. And I knew that God was beginning to shift and begin to change my perspective of what ministry was supposed to look like. Bond servants came along and said, hey, why don't, you, why don't you come here and do this? And then the Methodist Church said, why don't you do this? And make a long story short, we, 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 made, we made it work. But I really believe because of a period of time, I, I said, God, I'm, I'm going to stop and I'm going to seek you at the beginning of the year. And God, whatever you want this year, my heart is to do it. Are you with me? And whatever you speak, my answer is going to be what? Yes, I think so. I wanted to say yes. I, I'm just being real. But, but, but what happened in the process, I knew that God was in it. And, and it literally just broke me. And I went to the church and I, I told the church, I said, look, we had a board meeting. That, so that was Monday morning. I had a board meeting Monday night. I went to the board meeting Monday night. I said, guys, look, I'm done. I'll finish up my contract, which was through basically June 30th, I said, I'll finish up my contract, but I'm not doing any more Bible studies, I'm not doing, I'm, God's called me in a different direction, and 
shortly thereafter, I got excommunicated from the Methodist Church. Um, so I knew that God was in it. But I really believe that, that fasting is, a, is a, a discipline. It's not a promise. It's a discipline that if we, if we decide we're going to do what God wants, then we're going to have the opportunity to hear and to do things differently. I'll be honest, some people are just happy being where they are in the process they're on. If that's you, that's awesome. I've got no problem with that, but that's not me. My wife asks me all the time, Joe, are you ever going to be content? And my answer is, no way. Not until you put me in a box in the ground am I ever going to be content with my relationship with God or what he wants me to do for the kingdom of heaven. And so with that, I thought about the Daniel's fast, and there's such a misconception. So what I want to do is kind of lay a backdrop. You read the book of Daniel, it's a very prophetic book, and in Daniel 1, it, it talks about how the Israelites were in captivity in Babylon, and, and Daniel was, was, a, was, a, was a leader, he was a prophet, basically, and uh, Daniel was in exile uh, under Nebuchadnezzar, and, and there was uh, three other gentlemen, you remember who they were? Shadrach, Meshach, a bad Negro. I'm laughing, man. I heard that from a black pastor uh, when I was first got saved. And uh, it never forgot me, but his name was Abednego. And what happened was these gentlemen were intelligent and they were wise and they can teach the Chaldean language. And, and Nebuchadnezzar wanted to use them to, to do great things for the kingdom of, for his kingdom and not the kingdom of God. And so he gave them all the... He gave them all the best things out there. He gave them all the, they had the king's table to eat from. Anybody know anything about the king's table? It was always the best meat. It was always the best wine. It was always the best of everything. And that was a way to, to say, hey, you're part of the hobby, right? And in the process, God be, begins to work on Daniel. And Daniel says, wait a minute. Now, I, I know I have privilege to this, but I'm going to choose to what? Deny myself. And go after my God. If you all remember the story that they tried to trick Daniel and Daniel refused to bow to the God of Nebuchadnezzar. And, and there was a whole series of things that took place. But in, in, the, in the whole process, Daniel finally gets to a place in Daniel 10. If you have your Bibles, turn to Daniel 10. 1 and 2. Daniel 10. Just start reading it, somebody. So, so Daniel has a, a, a vision, right? And he says, now, now I'm going to choose to do something for 21 days. I'm going to choose to do what? I'm going to fast everything from the king's table. He's going to deny himself the best things that the world has to offer. And he's going to do what? Go after the things of God. Does that make sense? Yes, no, maybe. What's that? He was mourning. 
They've not seen that before. Because they saw the vision of captivity, saw all the things that were going wrong. And what he wanted to do is he wanted God to do what? He wanted God to move on the behalf of, of Israel. Okay? He wanted, he wanted, ready? Anybody ever need a spiritual breakthrough? What Daniel was really praying for was a spiritual breakthrough for the people of Israel. Ready? Anybody ever need a spiritual breakthrough? I know I do. And what happens in the process, Daniel says, wait a minute, what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to fast the, the finer things for 21 days. I believe that when we do that, fasting is an act of humility. What is humility? If I asked you what a biblical definition of humility is, what would you tell me? Anybody? Surrender what? Wow, surrender in position to who? To God. If I ask most people where the humility is, they say, I, 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 am going, I, am going to, I am going to lower myself for my own self. Does that make sense? I hear the word humility used in church a lot. I, I'm humble. The moment you tell someone humble, guess what you're not? Come on, let's be honest. I, I'm practicing humility. Practicing humility is not putting yourself down. Listen to me, that's not humility. That's stupid. God wants you to be bold. He wants you to be proud in your faith. He wants you to be strong in your faith. That is not what humility is, but that's what, that's what the church is taught. Humility is not demeaning yourself. It's not beating yourself down, and, and I, I really have an issue with that. It, it, humility is not indecisiveness. Well, for 21 days, I'm just going to seek God, and I'm not going to make any decisions. That is not what God's asking. He wants you to be decisive in your faith. He wants you to be decisive in the things he's asked you to do. He wants you to be directing the things. Ready? So, so the, the church's understanding of humility is not biblical humility. Does that sound too hard? It's not inactivity. I'm going to, I'm going to be humble. I'm just going to sit back and let God do what God wants to do. At what point did the relationship with you and God quit being a relationship? Because what you're saying is, hey, God, you got this. I'm not involved. And God said, no, you are involved when you accepted my son. When you accepted the blood of Jesus, we agreed we would be active in the, in the things of the kingdom of God, that we would be active in what God wanted. <clears throat> True humility is having utter dependency upon him. So when you're fasting, you're saying, I'm choosing to do without, but I'm not trying to beat myself down. I'm going to lift him. Anybody with me or no? I'm going to exalt him. If you fast, and the purpose isn't to spiritually grow or spiritually get closer to him. You're doing a religious act. You're not doing what the heart of God wants. So when we fast at 21 days, I know Chuck's heart, when, 
I know my wife's heart, when we fasted 21 days, what we're saying is, hey, God, man, for 21 days, I'm going to deny myself to finer things. But I'm really going to, not that, not that it should be this way, but God, I'm really going to come after you. I really want to know what your heart is. I really want to hear what your thoughts are. I really want to know what you want to do in this circumstance. God, my heart is be completely, I'm going to deny myself to, to say, God, here I am. God, whatever you want. God, I'm asking for you to speak. Because my heart is to exalt you. My heart is to worship you. My heart is to celebrate you. Humility has no concern for power, prestige, or position. Let me repeat that. Humility has no concern for power, prestige, or position. Because true humility means you're a humble servant, just like the world teaches just the opposite, doesn't it? Go after power, go after prestige, go after position. And so when I encounter people who have had power and prestige and position and they say, I'm going to be humble, but they're not going to exalt Christ, they're going to make less of themselves, I hate to say it, it's doomed to what? It's doomed to fail. Because if you don't put him first, that's really not going to make a difference. Yes. Isaiah 58. Go ahead. I was going, to, uh, yeah, again. No, go ahead. You want to step up? Test, test. Just get in practice for next week. Um, so Isaiah 58 talks about the fast that pleases God, but first he kind of talks about how the fast has been going. Um, starting in verse, I should have brought my large print Bible. Um, Verse 3, why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice? In fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exploit all your laborers. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate and to strike with the fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. It is a fast that I have, is it a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Uh, verse 6. Is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that every yoke? It is not to share your bread with, is it not to share your bread with hungry 
and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out. When you see the naked, that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Then your light shall break forth in the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. He goes on to say, you know, a lot more things, but basically just talking about the intention of the fast that they were doing versus the heart of God in fasting. Um, so, that's it. Did you all catch that? That's Isaiah 58. And, and, and God challenges the, the nation of Israel on why they fast. They were fasting for religious purposes. And he says, if you're not fasting to, to feed the hungry or to clothe the naked or to release the oppressed, then what are you really fasting for? And so that's what I was trying to get at earlier. She talked about humility and that, the position of humility. And, and, and there's got to be a greater purpose than yourself because it really is about denying yourself in the process of a fast that you draw closer to who? God. I know it's not a popular subject. I know it's not something we like to, to talk about, but, but I really, uh, I know for Cindy and I, we, we've discussed it for a month or two now. Um, and it, it, does a, it does a few things for us. It, it really does improve your health. Anybody ever, ever fast and feel like your health improves just a little bit? When you get rid of all the sugar and you get rid of, ready? Here's the reality. We talk about drug addiction. This is a side note. We talk about drug addiction. We talk, talk about cocaine. We talk about marijuana. And you know the biggest addiction in the world? Sugar. I mean, I, I had a preacher one time and literally... Um, I, I know him pretty well, and he would do a fast, and literally at 3 o'clock in the morning, he lived in Hebron, and there's a, uh, before Royal Farms, there's a little uh, convenience store, and they had Krispy Kreme donuts, and literally, like, he would be fasting, and the temptation would be so great that he couldn't control himself, that he'd get up at 3 o'clock in the morning to go buy a Krispy Kreme donut. Sugar is the worst addiction on the face of the earth. That's a side note. But it does improve your health. It, it improves everything about you is when you begin to, 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 to do what things, the things that God wants. God will prosper you in your fast. I'm not talking about just financially. But I'm saying he'll prosper your soul. He'll prosper you and your spirit and your heart. Because, right, he says, seek you first the kingdom of God. And all these things shall be added to you. I'm not saying it's a recipe. If I do this, God's going to do this the way I want. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is God knows what you need before you even ask him. And when you start denying yourself and putting him first, he begins to bring revelation and begins to reveal things to you, things that he, that maybe you need to adjust and things you need to change, or maybe, maybe he's got a change of plans or a change of direction. When I started that 21 day fast, I had no inclination whatsoever. God was going to say, Joe, resign your church on day 20 of your fast. How many of you know I wasn't excited when God revealed that to me? I mean, I wasn't excited when the next day the guy, I said, God, if it's real, you confirm it. And the guy called me at 10 o'clock in the morning and confirmed it. I mean, I wasn't overly excited then. A part of me was really excited, but a part of me had to understand that, listen to me, say what you want about me. I'm hard, I'm this, I'm that. Man, if I love you, I love you. 
If I love you, I'll go to war for you, and I'll go to death for you. And Gordon and Donna, Alan, and some others, man, we were like a family like you've never seen. And I knew that by me answering the call of what God asked during that fast, that it ran the risk of separating me from the people I loved and cared for. Does that make sense? I knew that God had a greater plan. God had a greater purpose. How many of you guys feel like you need purpose at times? How many of you guys feel like you need direction at times? How many of you guys are too busy to really just stop and say, hey, God, I'm going to put you first? It's not about not eating. Don't, don't, do not say, Pastor told me I couldn't eat for 21 days. I'm not telling you to do a weight loss program. telling you that the Bible says when you set apart and designate if you read the story of Daniel in the 21 day fast every time there was a time for a meal he went and prayed out the window every time he was supposed to be having a meal he went and prayed he got close with the father he got intimate with the father sometimes we just need that breakthrough to, to move to the new place the new position Pastor Joe said, no, I'm not talking about leaving. I'm not, don't go there. Just because it happened once doesn't mean it's going to happen twice. When my wife and I are going to fast for 21 days, I have my, my only desire, ready? My only desire is to put him first. My only desire is to say, God, this is about you and you alone. I'm going to exalt you. Some of the time I spend on my device, some of the times I spend doing things I shouldn't be doing. God, I want to take that time and I want to seek you. I want to hear from you through your word. I want to hear through you through worship. I want to hear from you through the Holy Spirit. And I can promise you if I do that, all of a sudden, the inside of me, the, the spirit side of me is going to begin to get larger and, and stronger. And, and sometimes I just need to add a little strength to my, anybody there besides me? Anybody get a little bit weak? Well, Pastor Jared, that's great. That's Old Testament. You're right. Elijah fasted for how long? 40 days. What was Elijah's position? What did Elijah do for a living? He was a prophet. Prophets do what? Hear from God. Right? That, that their, only, their only role, am I correct, Wayne? Their only role was to hear from God. If God was going to speak to anybody, he was going to speak to the prophet. And sometimes the prophet had a tough time hearing from God to the point he wanted to go and commit suicide in the desert. And so he fasted for 40 days. And God said what? Hey, I got a word for you. Get up. Get up. Ready? Anybody ever hear a man named Moses? Right? Tell me something about Moses. How close was God with Moses? How close was Moses with God? What? They were a friend. Ready? There's a place called the tenant meeting. Who was the only person who could go into the tenant meeting? Moses. Took, jo took Joshua with him. But Moses was the main man. He met with God face to face. And yet there was times when Moses prayed and fasted for how long? 40 days. Pastor, that's great. That's all Old Testament. Okay, 
I agree. Anybody here a New Testament guy named Jesus? I'm just asking. Did Jesus ever fast? When did he fast? The beginning of his ministry. How long did he fast for? Let's just be honest. What happened in that 40-day process? Ready? The enemy worked on Jesus. But Jesus was strong enough in his relationship with his father that he always had an answer. I promise you right now, if you say, hey, I'm going to choose to fast for 21 days, I'm going to promise you this right now. The moment you say, I'm going to deny myself and go after God for 21 days, the first person who's going to knock on your door is not going to be a Jehovah Witness. It's going to be Satan, not Satan himself, but it's going to be a demon knocking on your door saying, you're an idiot, you shouldn't do this, it's hard. Because the last thing the enemy wants you to do is to do what? To hear from God and get closer to God and get direction and purpose for your life. He's not going to sit back and say, man, look at one. He's going after Jesus. Let's see what Jesus does for him. He's going to say, whoa, 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 whoa. Moses started when he was 80. Wayne's still in his prime, right? Let's stop him before he gets. Come on. Who wrote the majority of the New Testament? Did Paul ever fast? Acts 9. I can give you all the scripture references. I'm not trying to coax you into fasting, but I am trying to help you understand the spiritual benefit of putting God first. I don't want this next year to be like last year. Trust me. I want last year to get ready. But if I want to start off a new year, what is the best way for me to start off a new year? What? You ever write a check? You ever write a check? You ever write a check? What year do you put on it? What's that? What, what year do you put? I mean, I'm just asking. I'm, I'm, good, I'm, good, I'm, good, I'm good with the question because I really, this really kind of, I think it's important. But what do you, what do you, what do you put on the check? What year did you put on it? No, I'm not going to admit that. I don't do that. What year did you put on it? Did you put 20? 23. 23. Right. I'm just asking. Why did you put 2023? If you really believe that this, not, this isn't 2023, why did you write 2023 on your check? Because I render unto Caesar Lord Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> listen to me. I, look, I, look, I am good with, listen to me. I think this is, you may think this is hugely important. I, I think it's absolutely important. If I'm going to hold that conviction that you have about being Jewish, then daggone if I'm not going to put the Jewish date on the, on the check and I'm going to fight the bank on it. 
I'm just saying we, we have to, if we're going to live something out, we have to live it out all the way through. No, you're good. You're good. So, so what I'm saying is, when we started this whole thing, this is a principle, right, of drawing close to God. Well, I chose to do it January 1st, or did it June 1st, or did it on the day that Steve, don't miss the heart. And again, so I'm good with the dialogue, because I think, I think it's good because it opens up. I, I, I'm asking about the heart of what we're doing and why we're doing it. Because if I do it on the day he prescribes, and only the day he prescribes, and I'm only doing it for religious purposes, I've still missed the what? I've still missed the purpose. And so that's what I'm saying. Um, and for me, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying, well, I started on this date and God did this, so I'm going to do it on this date. I mean, that, that year that we did it, it was 21 days, but we did not start on the January 1st because it just didn't work but we made a determination on what day we were going to start the fast. And the purpose of fasting was to draw near to God and to hear God's plan and God's purposes and God's desire. And as a result of that, it ran into February and what God began to speak about what to do and how to do it. And so I, appreci I do appreciate what you're sharing. I agree with it 100%. At the same point, let's not miss the heart of what it means to deny ourselves and to, 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 to say, okay, God, what is it you desire? Most of the people in the room when we got here this morning said, well, I just can't wait for 2023 to pass and 2024 to start. What'd you say? So there's a, there is a term that's used in New Age and some of the other holistic religions. And they call it what? Centering. You need to recenter yourself. Anybody hear that term before? I'm basically saying the same thing. I'm not using the New Age word. I need to recenter myself or who becomes the center of my universe. That who becomes the center of everything I am. That, that, that for me, for me, that, that I'm saying, okay, God, things are just a little bit what? Out of balance. Things are just a little askew. God, I want to bring it back where you are the primary source. You are the one I go to. Would it have been possible for Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to get prideful? Is it possible 
that some of our great Christian leaders who fell got prideful. Look at Moses. Look at King David. The scripture says that pride comes before the fall. The only way to get rid of pride is to humble yourself. And the only way to humble yourself is to put him. Go ahead, Steve. And that's one thing that people, this is a side note, and we're going to get back and finish up. The whole Black Lives Matter movement, the whole wokeness, the whole socialist agenda, the whole communist agenda, only succeed under one condition. That you remove God. Democracy can only succeed when you realize that God is all-powerful, all-knowing. And Scripture says the government rests on his shoulders. Look what's happening in the world today. Don't miss it. It has to do with the removal of God and creating a new hierarchy where a certain group of people are in power and not God himself. So to recap, I told myself I could chase a lot of rabbits today. I'd go down a lot of trails. I wasn't going to do that. But we did. If we are going to have 2024 different than 2023, what are we going to do to participate with God? to make it happen. I'm going to choose what Daniel and Jesus and Moses and Paul and Esther and go on and on and on. I'm going to try to reposition myself to understand that I need to take time to really hear from God. I'm going to designate a time to press in through prayer, worship, reading the word, and putting down my devices that I can hear the heart of God so that I can become the person that God wants me to be for the near future. And why do I say near future? Why do I say the near future? I always want to give God opportunity to do what? To move. Well, I fasted and prayed in January or April. And God said, 
boom, for you're going to do this. That's a great starting place. But anytime sometimes God starts you on a journey and kind of does what? Says, hey, wait a minute, you've started on the right journey. Now we need to go in a different direction. Are we pliable? Are we flexible enough? Does God guides and directs? We're willing to say what? Yes and amen. That year in Seaford, it wasn't an easy year. But we literally, I mean, Gordon, how many people came to the church who had never been to church before? I mean, just tons and tons and tons of people. And I was excited and some people weren't. I think Gordon was excited and Donna was excited and Alan was excited and people who wanted to see the kingdom of God. And, and I was excited. Things were going in the right direction. Things were, I mean, things couldn't have been any better from a ministry standpoint. And God says, hey, oh yeah, by the way, you're done here. I want you to go here. And my response was what? What if Paul hadn't followed the Macedonian vision? <laughs> Two thirds of the new part would be gone, right? So I want to encourage you, whatever it is for you, make a commitment. Make a commitment for whatever that period is. To say, I am going to deny myself certain things, whatever that is. That I'm going to draw closer to God. And I'm going to have a starting point and I'm going to go after God. And whatever he does in the process, I'm good with. Terry, did you ever pray in 2023 that God would give you a platform to do certain things? Yeah, just out of curiosity. You don't know? Gotcha. I think it does. I think I think part of it is that um, I don't do it. Um, younger people do it. But like Snapchat, I'm not against Snapchat. I let my daughter have Snapchat. But we think the relationship is a snappy for three seconds, right? Hey, look at me. I'm happy. And we have this understanding or lack of understanding or misunderstanding that God doesn't want a smiley face, he wants intimacy. That God doesn't want, he wants us to draw near. That, that God doesn't care how many Facebook likes we get or how many Instagram posts we have. 
He wants to know if he has our heart. He wants to know if he has intimacy with us. I told my wife this yesterday and today, she said, Joe, you seem a little distressed. You seem a little uneasy. And I said, I am. I said, the weeks leading up to Christmas and Christmas week, I was so busy that I missed time with God. And what I wasn't saying is I missed time with God. I was saying I missed God. I missed stopping and breathing. I missed those intimate times. The whole fasting and prayer thing is about intimacy. It's about denying everything else and saying, God, I'm coming after you and you alone. So, Father, this morning we just come before you. And, God, we are truly thankful that according to the Gregorian calendar, last year's past, there's a new year that's coming. And, Father, our prayer is that our year would be filled with your presence, filled with times of intimacy, filled with times of your word and worship, filled with times with community of believers. Father, what we're simply saying is that we want to get this year off in the right direction where we have recentered everything we know and we have put you first. Father, this morning we just come and lift this day. God, I'm going to pray for all those people on the road tonight, all those people who will perhaps make mistakes, perhaps will. God, just pray for your protection. God, I pray for civility and calmness. God, that tonight would not be a night of disruption. That tonight would not be a night of chaos. God, right now, we just come and we lift the rest of this day and we lift our lives before you. And Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Be blessed. Have a great day.